This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Carl Richards, host of the podcast Solutions Made Simple. It's going to be a fantastic conversation about podcasting, the nuts and bolts, the new area of marketing. And I love bringing guests such as Carl on the show to show you what's possible. So Carl, welcome. Thank you, Christopher. It's great to be a guest on your show. I'm glad you, uh, glad we were able to connect. Yeah. Um, kind of tell people, set the stage how you got started, your background, and we'll dive right into it. Oh my goodness. How much time do we have? Like I was born and then we'll start from there, but no, <laughs> seriously, this, this journey started several years ago. I spent 25 years in, in radio broadcasting and it's not a career I was probably supposed to be in because I stuttered when I was younger, yeah. but it's amazing the number of people that have speech impediments that do make that transition into broadcasting. Anyhow, after quite a while in broadcasting, they say you haven't made it in broadcasting until you lose your first job. I finally was fired. After about, uh, I don't know, 13 years in broadcasting. Yes, I made it. Uh, and then during that time, I was looking for something to do. I didn't even think I'd get back into radio. And I started a part-time business as a speaker trainer. And through some great opportunities that were presented to me, I got back into radio, but still maintained a part-time business doing speaker training with the intention it would go full-time. But it, it never did, unfortunately. But what happened, though, you might have heard about this, Christopher, was somewhere around 2019, 2020, was this thing called the pan pandemic, I think they called it. Uh, that's when a lot of things went kaflooey in the world, and including the broadcast world, the advertising dollars, they, they plummeted. I mean, revenue dropped by 70%, 80% in some markets. So um, there was a huge attrition of people. So that was an opportunity for me to finally take my business full time. The challenge was nobody was getting on physical stages. <laughs> they were getting on virtual stages. So I had the opportunity to then take what I had learned in launching my own podcast back in around 2018 to take that and turn that into a business of not only training people to how to get their shows up and running, but then to help coaches, consultants, high level thought leaders and managers and CEOs get their podcasts up and running too. And that's where we're at right now. And that's how it was birthed was through not only having a podcast, but then helping other people through a very tumultuous time in our world, get their podcasts up and running. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah. I, I love the, um, you know, moving back to March, 2020, that brings so much oh, yeah. memories and, um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, leveraging between physical in 
appearances to virtual and you basically you could do you know five keynotes in a day and <laughs> in your pajamas if you wanted um yeah yeah so um so kind of talk you really um you know um would talk about podcasting and also speaking and you're a three times best-selling author you're a tedx speaker you've clearly mastered the art of storytelling so how do you integrate these skills into your podcasting approach to captivate and engage your audience Oh gosh, I think storytelling is maybe even more important in the podcasting space than it is on the physical stage. It's still important on the physical stage because you can yeah. move an audience forward more with a story than you can facts. And I think that's that's evidentiary when we look at some of the large, uh, large um, what do you call it franchises that are out there. You know, Star Wars isn't. A, a well-known franchise because of all the technology and spaceships and shuttles and laser beams and things like that. No, it's because they want to know the story of is princess Leia going to marry Luke or, or, <laughs> or is, he, is she going to marry uh, Han Solo? No, that's, that's why, right. It's the storyline. And that's, that's, that's a big part of it. So when you can implement stories or examples that are basically stories about things that have happened in your career, in your journey, in your experiences in life in general, then that's where I think you're going to win your audience over more because people, people like facts. There are people who definitely digest them that I have a spouse that reads technical journals all the time for whatever reason. I'm, what are you doing? I'm reading about a car engine. Okay. Uh, but for a lot of people, we need that story. We need to know, we need to understand and we connect with you more if there's a story. So it's very easy to, I say easy, but the, I, I think one of the hardest parts is firstly structuring your content so that you allow yourself to not only get the facts out there about whatever it is that you're talking about, but then you can also implement the right story and everyone Christopher, I'm sure you agree with this. Everyone has a story or everyone has a series of stories that they can weave into as they're sharing about their experiences that, that they can tell. It's knowing what story fits and where. And that's where a little bit of structure comes into putting your show together. But it's really, once you have that down, sometimes the stories come naturally. And what's interesting is, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned this, is that you record your podcast and then you... And then you strip it down and then you give the best, the best version of that, uh, you know, when you release it, there are some people who think I'm just going to go rogue. I'm going to go live. The problem is live. You might not get the right story out, right. Or you might make the odd mistake. I've already made a couple mistakes today, but, uh, but you really want to make sure that you encapsulate the best version of yourself. And if you, if you've got some really good stories, you want to make sure the right one fits. If you make a mistake on it, you can always say it again. and in the recording, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, I love how you talked about everybody has a story in them and, you know, everybody has a book in them. Um, yep. and, uh, yeah, it's so interesting because, um, I, I'm, I'm so fascinated by how technology has infiltrated podcasting and also public speaking. And, um, mm -hmm. I, I'm curious about your thoughts on how, um, technology has in court, like both podcasting and public speaking. Cause now um, you could do a modern day speaking tour on YouTube or on a podcast. And, um, and uh, you know, just like I said, from your bedroom and your pajamas and um, you know, nobody would know. And, you know, you can get, you can get the reps in by, you know, going live and 
um, speaking on YouTube and all of these different platforms, you know, probably 24 seven um, practice. So what are your thoughts? I think what we're going to see in the next, and I don't have a crystal ball, by the way, I'm only guessing. I wish I had a crystal ball. Wouldn't that be cool? Just look at it. Oh, that's what's going to happen in the next little while. But I, I think in the next five to 10 years, what we're going to see maybe even sooner, but I think what we're going to see is all those live events that people attended, I think we'll still see a live component, but I think what we'll also see is a hybrid version of it where some speakers, maybe even some of the audience members will be attending from a, a virtual aspect as opposed to traveling at you know, some far corner of the world to attend. Because the one thing that, I live in Canada, Canada is a very vast country from coast to coast. And it's very challenging sometimes to go to an event that's only two or three days. If you're in, you know, if you're in BC and there's an event happening in Quebec, well, that's a three and a half hour, four hour flight. That's a day there. And then the three and a half, four hour, four hour flight home, that's a day. And then you want to be at the event a day early. Well, that's now three days. For a two-day two event, that's five days. So if it's geography is the challenge, you can attend virtually unless you want to, you know, invest the, the time and the money in, in travel and stuff. But I think it's also the convenience for people who are, uh, for example, I was at a, a convention recently and a number of the people unfortunately took ill and weren't able to travel. They could still participate but they couldn't be with other with other people, right? Just like back in the COVID days where it's like, okay, everyone self-isolate and do your thing. These individuals, you know, had viral infections and weren't able to attend. So in that sense, you can have people attending. You can have people attending from different countries if they wish to without, without having to travel around the world. But the other thing that's interesting is the technology that's being used for those events. And not just the technology of, you know, how do you amplify or 2.0, a Zoom call to make it that much better. There are now platforms for virtual presentations, but above and beyond that, some of the technology that's being used at these events, it's not just microphones and, and PowerPoint projectors anymore. There are different AIs that are being used or different types of technologies that are really bringing it together so you can more efficiently host not only an in-person event, but a hybrid event or even a totally virtual event and make it seem like you're live on location. So I think that's where we're going to see it in the next three to five, five to 10 years is a hybrid approach. And I think those diehards that want to attend and be at those events, they'll still go for the handshakes and the camaraderie, but there will be a lot of people who I think will tap into those events from afar uh, through a virtual portal. Yeah. Yeah, not to mention, you know, plus the, uh, the you know, the travel hassles, the travel delays, the weather delays, you know, you know, flights are never on time and canceled. So um, that's why podcasting is great, too, because especially if you're a speaker, the, the event I was speaking of was a was a speaker's convention. And wow, there are a lot of professional speakers that after a while, I mean, you might be a road warrior when you're in your 20s and 30s, but when you hit your 50s and 60s, you get a little more tired, right? So so uh, certainly those virtual platforms or those podcasts or whatever it is, make it so much easier because like you indicated, you can do a podcast in your pajamas if you want. Uh, and you don't, you can do like three or four, five, six presentations or episodes as you were in a day. And that's as good as being on a physical stage, right? So it's it's about, 
you know, efficiency and best use of your time, but also do you really have the, the physical or mental desire, especially as you get older to want to be traveling <laughs> 300 days or 250 days out of the year just to speak on physical stages or attend physical events. So I think that's what we're, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of, for example, a lot of um, conferences, um, you know, they have that, the physical in-person, but then they also mm-hmm. live stream it through um, YouTube and um, yep. like, you can just get the whole event on, on YouTube instead of have to go and fly there. Um, I think the networking is the, you know, plus, and um, I know speakers, a lot of speakers, they go to, events and conferences and they uh, create a Twitter space or a clubhouse uh, uh, yep. and then for their audience and community that can't make it. So yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. yeah. which, yeah, which also it's really interesting because you mentioned AI and AI is part of kind of the big, it's going to probably be bigger part of the conversation next year. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really interested in how you see the metaverse playing out because now you can um, put on like a Oculus or a HoloLens and, go into like this room and give a presentation. You can create a event. I'm just curious your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually uh, (laughs) delved into that much, but certainly AI as a whole is impacting. I was going to make a joke and say (laughs) AI, whatever are you talking about? (laughs) But certainly it's, yeah, it's certainly rearing its head, isn't it? And I think that, I think what we're seeing right now is AI has been around for a while. Let's face it. I mean, it's, it's not new but I think we're seeing it like we've never seen it before. I mean, I remember what five or six or maybe even 10 years ago, the the first you know robots coming out, you know, service robots, you know, <laughs> you know, things like that. But I think what we're seeing now is AI and it's being used in our everyday worlds like we've never seen before. Even when you go to a restaurant, fast food restaurant, and order your meal now, your first stop is usually a technology booth or window or or kiosk then you order your meal or you order it on your phone before you even leave your house if you're if you even leave your house and then it somehow <laughs> magically is ready for you at the counter or it's or it arrives at your door right so there's a lot of those things that are happening now but i think with ai in the sense of podcasting or or content creation i think we're still a ways away from it taking over if i can use that if i can use that <laughs> phrase and i don't know if we'll ever see it take over because there are some things that ai can do very well ai can take an audio recording for example and t- transcribe it into text the challenge is it's not perfect it's only good up to about 92 to 94% you still have to have somebody scan it make sure names are correct spelling capitalizations and all of the words which if it's really good audio no problem if it's less than perfect audio or if your guest for example has a very thick accent the ai might not pick up on that if it's not used to it right so it 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 does take some time for ai to be trained if it can be fully trained to our advantages but there are some ais that do very well but it's still and i use ai a little bit in in my show when I need to. But one thing I'm noticing about AI is it's not perfect. And we think the AI is going to take something that's already less than perfect. Say, for example, audio quality. It's going to take my audio quality that's not perfect, and it's somehow going to magically make it perfect. And I always share with people who are coming into the podcasting space, and they'll say something like, do I really need a microphone? My computer audio is pretty good. And I'll say, 
Do you want to put the best version of you out there? Anyways, every now and again, we have to clean up episodes. And I can tell by listening. This is 25 years being in radio, by the way. I can tell by listening if something has gone through AI. <laughs> I can tell. That's how keen my ears are. Either, either that or they're, they're dirty. But I, but I can honestly say I can tell if it's gone through AI because I can hear the AI tendencies or how AI takes a pause. It doesn't have that warm, rich feeling that the human voice does because certain parts of it are removed. Similar to back in the day when you would take a record and record it to a cassette. That's how old I am. You take a record and record it to a cassette. And then you take that cassette and record it to another cassette. It loses a generation or two of sound quality. And AI does remove a layer of sound quality in its effort to make your audio sound perfect. Mm -hmm. So I can hear it. And until it, it becomes perfect, we're, as I said, we're still a ways away from that, but there are still some great ways that AI can be used efficiently. I already mentioned one, the transcription, and it will clean up some of your background noise and things like that and, and does make it sound decent. But we really need to think about the human, the humanity that's behind the work that we're putting into it. And what AI cannot do, it cannot recognize emotion. And I don't know if it ever will, <laughs> Mark my words, if it does, we're, we're, we're doomed, <laughs> but it cannot recognize emotion yet, seriously. And there's certain things that emotionally a human can anticipate. And I speak of this from the, from the, from the professional speaking world, that you know how long of a pause is enough to have a message sit with your audience before you say the next thing. AI doesn't know what that is, and it's going to be different every time a speaker changes. So you, Christopher, for example, is different from me, is different than Oprah Winfrey, is different from you name them. So if you have AI and it's programmed to do this one thing, and Oprah gets on stage, and I get on stage, and you get on stage, and 12 other people get on stage, AI isn't going to know all of the emotions that we individually are trying to impart on our audience mm. in that moment yeah and maybe we'll get there but i think we're a ways off with supply chains becoming more complex you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments so if you work with logistics you need the beyond the box podcast from maersk it's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, yeah. And so um, kind of uh, what talking about, you know, your company, Podcast Solutions Made Simple, focuses on helping professionals elevate their brands through um, podcasting. And then can finally elaborate on how 
hosting a podcast can be a transformative speaking opportunity, especially for coaches, consultants, and speakers? Yeah, sure. That's a that's a really that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, here's my philosophy. Imagine, and we we sort of talked about this a little bit already, but imagine Christopher, if you could deliver 52 speaking engagements every year. <laughs> No lost luggage, no delayed flights, no lumpy pillows or uncomfortable hotel beds. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're, you basically could deliver 52 hours. You, you get to speak 52 times a year in front of your ideal audience, knowing they will buy, maybe not all of them, but let's say maybe 40% of them will make a purchase from you at some point in the next calendar year. As a speaker, would you turn that down? No. I mean, it's it's so much more efficient, right? That's like... a podcast. That's a podcast. And when I say that to speakers, they go, it's almost like their jaw hits the floor. <laughs> it's like I've just, it's like I've reinvented the wheel for them. So that's essentially what that is. And that's why for coaches who are vying to get on these stages or vying to get in front of these large audiences. And there's nothing wrong with that. As I say, I love live events. I personally, I really do, but I still recognize the value. And I have a podcast and I speak on virtual summits as uh, summits more so than I speak on live stages. I actually do uh, my goal of the next couple of calendar years is to speak on virtual stages as much as I do physical stages as well as podcasts. Now that might sound very aggressive, but really, when you look at it, virtual stages, as you've already said, are really easy to speak on. If I get on a podcast a week, that's 52 episodes. If I get on between four and 12 stages, physical stages in a year, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I don't need to be on a ton of them. When you think about it that way, when you think about the virtual stage as your playground, because your ideal audience will likely always be in front of you. If you have positioned your content the right way, you can't lose. Hmm. You can't lose where the mindset gets to be a little bit wonky is when people say, yes, but I want my podcast to make money. Well, that's the wrong thinking. We want our podcasts to generate revenue into our business as coaches, consultants, high-level CEOs. We want that business to come into our company. We want, them to, we want them to hear what we have to say and then go over to our website, tap into our products and our services or our intellectual property. For a podcast to make money, it's the wrong thinking. Your podcast makes money when you have built an audience. This is another discussion altogether, but your podcast starts to generate more revenue as you continue to build your audience. Yeah. But to bring people into your business, <laughs> that's what you really want. And there are multiple types of podcasts out there that are structured differently. Sports, comedy, uh, true crime. Those are some of the top podcast categories out there. Those, of course, will probably look at sponsorship dollars or all kinds of different ways to generate revenue that way or crowd-based funding like through Patreon. But as far as how a business podcast works, it really works through bringing people in through the content to your website. And then that's where people can tap into your other products, your freebies, your services, your live events, your, your virtual events, whatever they are. Yeah. And for kind of those thinking about starting a podcast, everybody should start a podcast by the way. Um, and then um... I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of elucidate the differences between what's the difference between a podcast, a radio show, a YouTube channel, you know, webinars, um, kind of 
elucidate these? And then also, how do you, um, what are the, what are the biggest um, things that deter people from starting their own show? Oh, sure. Let's, let's start with what's the difference between a podcast. Basically, if you understand the history of them, this, this will probably quickly answer the question. Uh, podcasts started out years ago with um, somebody who has hit a higher pay grade than you and I put together and everybody else <laughs> on this planet, probably Christopher, started out by this, this guy, and I forget his name, figured out that, you know, when you take a podcast, when you take a, an RSS feed and RSS feeds back in the early 2000s, they were for text or they were for print. And he figured out a way, and I wish I could remember his name. You might want to look it up and put his link in the show notes if you, if you can figure it out. Uh, he figured out a way to take audio, uh, to take an RSS feed rather, and put audio down it. Hence, podcasting was born. Okay, so podcast started out as a video, uh, as an audio platform. It's since evolved to people who have video podcasts. There's nothing wrong with that. But I've already expressed that there is definitely power in, in audio, especially good audio, because without good audio, you don't have video. If we were to do an experiment, if I just stop talking and move my lips, <laughs> that's a video. That's why I did that for you, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can use that later if you want. But yeah. but that's that's basically you need the audio even with the video, right? Yeah. Unless you, you know, you think back to the movies of the 1920s, they were, they were called silent movies because they were silent, but you still had music that evoked emotion. You had text on the screen that would kind of give you a better picture as to what was going on. But without that, without the music, without the, the text on the screen, all you would have is somebody moving their lips. You wouldn't know what was going on. Right. Yeah. So you need that audio in order to make the video sizzle that much more. How it's different from radio. Radio is what I like to call appointment tuning. Hmm. If you listen to the eight o'clock news or the six o'clock news or coming up after seven 30, it's this contest that's appointment tuning. Whereas podcasting is on demand. In other words, you engage with that content when you want, which means if you're, if you're a night owl and the best time for you to listen to podcasts is between 2am and 4am. Great. <laughs> But I defy you to go and listen to your favorite radio station at two in the morning and hear your favorite DJ there, it's not <laughs> happen, right? You might hear something, maybe they, they did a recording or something, but you're not going to hear your favorite show then. So podcasting allows you to put content out there, allows it to be there for, it's there forever. The podcast content lives there forever. That's why for podcasters who have abandoned their shows after a little while because for whatever reason the show's still out there um but it lives there forever unlike as i said broadcasting where in a lot of cases it, it disappears now we have the technology to be able to archive some of that content but a lot of the original radio content it's gone it'll never never ever come back mm. how it varies from youtube though is uh youtube is a great platform for people who want to share video content but YouTube is only one platform. It's a, and it's a behemoth of a directory. That's really what it is. It's this massive directory of nothing but content that people have put there. Here's the challenge with it. Sorry, YouTube. When you upload your content there, you don't own it anymore. Mm. It belongs to Google. So Google can do with it, do whatever they want with it. If they want to manipulate it, if they want to put ads in it, I guess if ads go into your content, okay, I guess you're doing well. But <laughs> if somebody complains about your content, Christopher, on YouTube, guess what? Mm. 
YouTube can go, thank you, goodbye, trash, done. And that happens more often than you think. Not only that, I think a lot of platforms, YouTube being one of them, but even when we look at social media platforms too, they can decide what what's most important. And I remember when YouTube always wanted this, they wanted long form content, the longest form video content, that's what's going to get you the traction. Give us those 30 minute videos. So what did people do? Started doing 30, 40, 50 minute, hour long, two hour long video things, uh, pieces of video content. And then this other platform, maybe you've heard of it, Christopher, TikTok. Yeah came around and YouTube went, wait a minute, what are you doing? What are you doing here? You, you can't, you can't. Oh, well, okay. Okay, YouTubers, new game plan. We'll still take your long form content, but if you have something that's 60 seconds long, we'd love to see that. So yeah. they can manipulate and do whatever they want and promote or highlight whatever they want. So I'm not saying don't have a YouTube channel. I'm just saying that understand that whereas podcasting platforms, you have a lot of uh, flexibility and you control the content. And when you put it out there through an audio platform, it's going on multiple platforms. It's going on 15 or 20 different platforms that will people can listen to it portably. In other words, I can listen to you. I can listen to this show when I'm at the beach. I'm going to Mexico soon. I'll be able to listen to the podcast. I won't need to look at anything other than the sand and the surf and listen to a podcast. So there's the portability factor. So I hope that answers that question. I know it's a long drawn about way to get to it, but it's different from radio. It is actually leading the charge above linear content. Yeah. And, and the advertising dollars are proving it because more people are more inclined to make a purchase from things that they've, they've heard on a podcast. Um, so all of those things are really shedding a positive light on podcasting. And yes, obviously, if you have a video podcast, I'm, I'm not saying stop, but I'm saying recognize the value of the whole or all the layers of what a podcast can bring you. And I can't remember the second question because I just kept talking. No, uh, <laughs> no, that was, that was wonderful. Um, it's, uh, it's all basically different forms of content. It could be short form, long form, putting on different, basically different mediums, different formats. Sure. Um, the, yep. What, how is, how is it different than webinars? Oh, uh, very different than webinars. Webinars, again, I, I believe webinars to be appointment tuning. You sign up, you attend. Yeah. And I find webinars too, to be very pitch oriented. I said, <laughs> come to my hour long webinar. I'll give you about 10 minutes worth of content and then yeah. about 55 minutes or 45 minutes worth of pitch, <laughs> right? So that's why I actually don't, I, I've hosted webinars. I don't want to say I hate them because hate's a very strong word. I loathe yeah. them. Let's maybe use that <laughs> word. I would rather, I would rather say, you know what? Listen to my podcast. You want to listen to something of value? Come yeah. listen to my podcast. Here's a podcast that's all about how to be a better speaker or how to be a better podcaster, how, how to be a better interviewer. Uh -huh. I can give you that information on a, on a webinar and then sell you something for 15 minutes. Or I can give that to you on a podcast and say, by the way, we're having a workshop or an event in Tennessee yeah. this date. Or by the way, if you want to attend virtually, you can do that too. Click the link in the show notes. I can do that and maybe even get better traction from it mm. yeah. um, than I can a webinar because and people know when they attend webinars, they're going to be sold to. <laughs> they're going to be sold to. And some people yeah. don't want to be sold to. Yeah. 
Right. How can people contact you, check out your social media, follow you, um, reach out to you, et cetera? Yeah, podcastsolutionsmadesimple.com is probably the best place to do that. We also have a podcast called Podcast Solutions Made Simple. I like things simple, <laughs> so I named the podcast the same thing. Uh, but certainly, you know, when you go over to the podcast, you'll find more information too about uh, some of the boot camps that we hold for people who are looking at getting into the podcasting for the first time or, or re reviving or reframing their podcasts. Our boot camps are great for that, but yeah. other information too, you can always reach out. Um, my current email address is ask Carl at carlspeaks.ca, which is still stemmed from my original speaker training business, but certainly reach out. I'm always happy to have a conversation with you or follow me on social media too. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Carl for bringing his wisdom and expertise. Be sure to check out his podcast uh, as well as follow his social media. And with that, Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Christopher, thanks for having me as your guest.